hello. Welcome into the Mountaineer Sports Insider Podcast. This is Luke Blaine, sports editor of the Daily Athenaeum here at the U92 studios. I am not joined by Tanner today, but I am joined by a very special guest, the third all-time leading rusher for the WVU Mountaineers, Mr. Noel Devine. Noel, how are you doing today, man? Doing great today. Thank you for asking. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, it's awesome getting to have a Mountaineer great on our podcast, so we really appreciate your time. Uh, it's great being a Mountaineer. Let's go Golden Blue. Awesome, awesome. So uh, I'll just get started. We wanted to, figured we'd reach out this week and you know ask a little bit about uh, your time as a Mountaineer, ask about homecoming. Uh, WVU has its homecoming game coming up this week. So what's what are homecoming games like as a former player? <clears throat> As a former player, as a former Mountaineer, the homecomings are very rich in tradition. Um, it's, it's, it's a huge deal of all the old Mountaineers just coming back home and reminiscing um, about the old times, of the great times, and, and, the, and the good eras of the, of the good um, generation of the Mountaineer teams. Um, but just being there in the atmosphere, uh, playing as a Mountaineer, being a Mountaineer, just um, playing, playing in the stadium, playing at home, and um, the homecoming is just so much more meaningful like I said before, when you have old Mountaineers to come back, so you kind of get the feel of the um, other other tradition, you know, of the program. So it's it's more meaningful when you see those guys that that come back and um and and, ch- and cherish those times. So it's, it's 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 bigger than you as a Mountaineer at the time. So yeah, absolutely. So I mean, that's a great way to transition. I mean, what does it mean as when you're on the field, you know, like what separates that, like back to your playing days, you know, what, what separated those games from all the rest, I guess. I mean, all, all the games you're trying to win. Everyone mm-hmm. goal is to go undefeated. I mean, eventually, um, but like the homecoming games, like I said before, it's, it's more meaningful when you have old Mountaineers of guys that played before you, like Pat Man Jones, when you see those guys at the game, and Major Harris, when you see guys like that. Major Harris was on the undefeated team. So, you know what I mean? So you just try to carry on that legacy and that tradition of that history. But um, it's, it's, it's meaningful, I mean, especially right now, that the transition that the program is in um, with, with, with the coaches and um, with, with the season that they're having, which is pretty good. I think better than everyone else expected. This, this win means everything. I think every win, every game, uh, means everything because you know, obviously you want to win and um, have the best record you can have on the season to um, end up in a bowl game or a championship or in a uh, BCS playoffs or whatever. But um, the homecoming games are the most memorable games because, like I said, you have you have those guys that come back and um, and they show up. So it's you play for something that's bigger than you. You play for the state. You know what I mean? You play you play to defend the home, <laughs> to, to, to protect the house. You want to protect the house. Anytime someone comes in your in, in your house. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, you kind of mentioned that just like sense of pride, you know, playing again, playing in front of a bunch of former Mountaineers. Are you are you going to be making the trip this year for to Morgantown? I can't. I went to the pit game. Um, unfortunately, I, I will not be making a homecoming game this year. Um, I'll try to make the uh, U- UFC game down here in Florida because I'm, mm. I'm down here. I'm located in Florida, Southwest Florida. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, what has a uh, what has life looked like after you know since your days <laughs> as a Mountaineer? I mean, you know, uh, people will see. They'll look on TV. People keep track of all the, you know, like Geno's having a career. You know. Career, a couple years, but uh, you know how have things been going. 
Uh, things have been going great. Um, of course, I'm obviously I'm a family man, a family man of five. Mm-hmm. And um, my oldest, Desiree, she's a, she's a uh, she's in college. She plays softball. She goes to uh, to Wofford in South Carolina. Uh, this is her first year as a freshman. Now my son, second born, he's coming along as a senior. <clears throat> um, he's ready to commit to West Virginia. He's ready to come. So um, that's coming up here soon. Um, so we're just waiting for the coaches and then um, everything else. Um, the other kids, Destiny, she's doing great. She's my third born. She's a track runner. She's a, in her sophomore year. And then um, I have my son, Noel the third. He's phenomenal, 11 years old in sixth grade, basketball, football, track, a very talented athlete. And my baby boy, Noah, um, he's, he's, he's uh, seven years old, trying to follow the steps of his siblings, playing football, running track as well. And um, I actually started a track club down here in Southwest Florida that we run. Um, excuse me, it's uh, called Cape Breeze. This will be the first year of the program. Last year, we pretty much branched off of, of another team and um, kind of ran under their club. But this year is the first year we're uh, run, we're running this track club down here in Southwest Florida. So I've been doing that, and I, ha- I started my own speed, divine speed training business, just coaching, and mentoring kids, uh, and working as a as a teacher. Um, just teaching and mentoring kids, pretty much. That's that's been my life, life after football. Just giving back my gift, and I'm um, using the platform that I had to give back to the next generation of talent and um, kids in the, in the community. Yeah, for sure. I mean, sounds like athletics runs in the family over there. You know, I mean that. <laughs> you know, it's funny because some people inherited wealth, some people just inherited genetic gifts and um, genetic athletic abilities, and I think that's what it is with the divine family. Um, we're blessed with. The God give a talent. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I mean, you're talking about using your, you know, experiences as a player and as an athlete to kind of coach up uh, younger athletes. So, what uh, what lessons or you know words of wisdom did you take away from your time as a Mountaineer that you're applying now in in this new uh, kind of journey you're on with that track club? Um, you know, just just the same mindset as a uh, football player, same mindset I had uh, when I was at West Virginia when I first started playing. Is, um, I wanted to be the best. <laughs> and um, it, it's a lot that comes with that. You know, I mean, obviously you have to have the work ethic. And um, I was very driven. I had that work ethic already uh, to want to be the best. And I worked extremely hard on top of my God-given ability and talent. So, I mean, when it comes down to transitioning to the um, world and um, coaching and mentoring and coaching track with kids, it's just about the preparation and um, preparing them to be the best they can be um, to to perform or rather just to live in uh, society and living in everyday life. Just uh, be your best, rather be your best. And um, we just got this quote that I got uh, from a strength coach, that, or not strength coach, speaking agility coach that I grew up training with at Boys and Girls Club. Uh, and Coach Dunby just passed away yesterday, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good is better and your better is best. Then always end the uh, break of uh, workouts like that with any kid that I train, and then um, just be great on three. That's it. That's just what I pass on to the next generation. Just about passing along information into yeah. the next. So absolutely. Sorry for your loss. Also, that's uh, that's got to be tough. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, thank you, man. But you know, just try to carry on a legacy. I'm doing the same thing here in the community, um, training kids and uh, mentoring them. Just trying to be everything that he was in this uh, Southwest community to these kids and mm. give back my time. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, talking about like, were were you a were you a track runner back in the day, like high school? Or <laughs> it's funny, man. Um, that's why I enjoy training and doing the things I do. Like I said before, I was I had God given ability and God given talent. I actually did run. I started running track in sixth grade as a sixth grader when I got to middle school because um, I could run for a club. Like now we have these youth clubs down here, so these kids can start when they're five, six. They can start so much younger. <clears throat> so I mean. That's the benefit of having a youth club to start these kids when they're so much younger. So when they get six, seven, eight, nine, ten, they already know things that I didn't know as a as a high schooler, you know, like drive phase. I ran track off my God given ability. Like I ran out through middle school and I got to high school. Ninth and tenth, I was most consistent with doing track. You know, junior, senior year, I was just busy just ripping and running. Doing being a high school kid wasn't consistent at it and um was started but wouldn't finish it. But my junior, senior year, my my uh, freshman, sophomore year. Um, I was running fast times then, and as an eighth grade, I ran a 10-8. But just um, not even knowing just, like, how to start, just drive phase, just not knowing the phases of the running, just getting out, just running, not knowing the phases. It's transition, it's transitions to running, especially when you talk about the track. It begins, you know what I mean? Everything, it comes back down to technique and form. So you can be the fastest, but when you get to the top of the top and you're talking about running junior Olympics, you got you to gotta be prepared and know you got to be fast, gifted, and you got to know how to run with technique yeah track is one of those sports where a lot of people might not look at it as very technique based but i mean once you once you do it i i only ran track a couple of years like middle school but i mean that's what i mean what all does go into that you know yeah it's very technical um you know you're talking about a kid like me she as an eighth grader running a 10-8 now i look back at it and realize how fast that was i keep telling that santa sharing the same thing with my kids because i have the parents on the way telling me like Oh, that's great. That's that's amazing. Like, you know what I mean? Now, my high school son, I'm not sure if he's touching that right now. You know, these kids touching 10-8s last year, like, that was competing, that he was competing against in track. My son, that's a senior. But um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very technical. You know, talking about a guy like me that was running like that then, had I known uh, in middle school when I was running 10-8, had I known things then, I probably would have ran like a 10-6 or 10-7, but that's, that's a big difference. And then coming into high school, had I known the things that I know now, I probably would have ran a lot faster. Talking about competing for states, <clears throat> but yeah, because you, if you pop up and run straight, like if you if you're not what you what you what we call drive phase, drive phase is pretty much your, your acceleration. All right, you want a, the natural forward lean with your chin in, so the crown of your head is tilting you forward. You know, you got that forward lean from your head tilt. And then um, pushing and extending from your from your legs, get full extension each step, and then you know, violate with the arms and knee drive, push and get full extension each step. So the acceleration is what we call drive. And then the next phase is turnover. You come up, then you work your front side mechanics, where you turn your legs over, <laughs> pretty much like you're riding a bike covering ground. But just those little things is is technical, but it makes a big difference. Little things makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah, that's. That's awesome. I mean, I've never I've never heard such an in-depth track breakdown, you know, like that's that's really cool. It's funny because I'm still learning. I'm still growing myself. I went to a Vertimax clinic yesterday and I met a dude that was so insightful and it was just interesting to me because you think you know it all. Once you think you know it all, you're done growing. But like I'm just open to information now just to continue to grow and learn and give the best knowledge and information I can to the next to be the best they can be. So. I mean, that's my purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. So, like, talking about running track in high school, 
you know what i mean you were you were a speed guy at wbu you know you, you were you were fast man uh, <laughs> and mountaineer fans knew that and uh the, i think they fed off of the electricity that brought to the team but you know what kind of what did you take away from track that you applied to the football field um i just think just all athletes should run track and that's our philosophy now when we with us having this uh, youth youth uh, track club, um, whether it's baseball kids, because like I said, I do speed and agility training, divine speed, LLC, and um, I'm training a ton of different athletes, soccer, football, baseball, track, you can name it. But um, what we're telling these kids is um, when you come out and you do track, you're going to get conditioned and you're going to learn technique and you're going to learn form playing these other sports. And speed kills in all sports, you know, Soccer, football, track, baseball, you hit, you can get out, if you get out the box fast, same thing with track, you got to get out the box fast and track. So we got these uh, athletes that's, tr- cr- I don't want to say cross-training, but doing speed and agility, um, speed and agility, and then track as well, just to open up the strides. Because some kids have short, choppy strides, you know, track is a lot longer. So you just have to teach the kids the proper way of running. And then um, it carries over and translates over to the next field of play. Whether, um, whether it's baseball, getting out the blocks fast, same thing in track. You got to get out the blocks fast on your start, teach you how to be explosive, you know, so just little things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, kind of bringing it back to homecoming, you had some, like with that speed, you had some really good homecoming games. I mean, I don't think you, looking at the stats, I don't think you finished with less than 100 yards in any of them. <laughs> I know, that, I know I, freshman year, you know, you were under Steve Slayton. What was that like? I mean, you just kind of took right on over from him. What was that experience like learning from him for a year? Oh, wow. It was the experience behind Steve Slayton was amazing. You know, growing up in Southwest Florida, like I said, um, the strength, the speed and agility coach growing up at the going to the Boys and Girls Club, being competitive, having uh, Coach Dundrick, the guy down here in Southwest Florida who grew up, or uh, trained athletes down here where, where I grew up at. Um, just having that competitive drive at a young age, competing with some of the best in the area. So, you know, once I got to West Virginia, uh, competing with Steve Slayton, it was just like, I mean, I had that competitive edge pretty much. And then um, it's like, he can't do nothing that I can't do. It's just that competitive side, but I never had a bad bone or bad feeling towards him. He was always just like, kind of like a mentor because he's older than me and before me. So that's how I kind of looked at him, like as a big brother. You know, it was kind of good going on this way and having somebody like that to compete against to make you better pretty much. And um, that's pretty much what it was. And um, we had a lot of guys that was that was good that, that didn't start either. So, you know, it was more than just Steve Slayton as well. That's that's who the starter was, so that's who people knew. But, you know, you had a guy like Eddie Davis who was fast as well from Tampa. He was a track background guy. You know, you had Ed Collison. He was a big power back. Like six foot, two hundred and I don't know, like twenty pounds, fifteen pounds, you know. And then you had Jock Sanders; he was borderline between being behind Darius Renard. Um, you know, we had depth at West Virginia when I was a freshman. We had a lot of depth, guys that can step in and fill in the plays behind Pat White. You had, you had uh, Jared Brown, you know. So behind Darius Renard, you had Jock Sanders behind Steve Slayton. You had me. You know, you just didn't have no one behind. Well, you had people behind Owen Smith. I was just, but not <laughs> as good. Owen was a beast. Oh yeah, yeah, that... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just everyone, dude. It was it was tremendous. Just being a part of that era of Mountaineer time. It was amazing time to be a Mountaineer. You know. Yeah, and uh, you know, looking back at that, 
you talk about like the depth and that you had kind of in front of you and behind you on that team. So what does that do for a first year player whenever you have so many guys like that, you know, what, what's your mind like, you know, trying to learn from them, but also kind of like work your way up the ladder and also earn more reps with them on the roster. Like what's that whole experience like? I mean, it's a, it's all a learning curve and, um, it's amazing because you just find out like what type of guys you got on your team or what type of guys you you going to battle with because um you know everyone got the best interest for the team the best player plays you know and um it's just it's a competitive environment it brings out the best of the best you know so it's just like they say the cream rise to the top so in your coffee <laughs> so I mean the best gonna play yeah. the best gonna play. Dude, and that fire, some diamonds are made, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. And you had some running quarterbacks, you know, like with the, you, <laughs> you, I mean, you had Pat White, you had Gino there for a little bit. I mean. Favorite too, man. Um, just growing up watching Michael Vick, I always enjoyed watching a mobile quarterback that was elusive and explosive. So um, it's just, it's crazy how my path ended up crossing to go to West Virginia and um, have an opportunity to play with Pat White, Jared Brown, Jim Smith, and those type of guys. Because, um, like I said, I enjoy watching a uh, mobile quarterback. But being in the backfield with a mobile quarterback, it, it opens up so much more, you know, especially when you got guys that can take it the distance at any time, any given moment, moment like Pat White, myself, Steve Slayton, Darius mm-hmm. Renard, you know, Jock Sanders, anybody, Tavon Austin, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I I was never, I didn't pay much attention to WVU football. I was, I mean, I was about like eight at the time and I didn't really, you know, I wish I would have, man, because I see those highlights. I mean, Tavon Austin's, Tavon Austin's mixtape is like probably the most famous ever. And, (laughs) you know, people always share those. And I mean, there's a lot of speed on those teams, you know? Oh yeah, man. Um, At least you know your history and um, you got back, to, to to your roots and you look and did your research even yeah. if you was eight or not but now you, you got a more of an understanding but um yeah man a lot of speed a lot of guys um, like I said everybody played an important role of contributing to the program you know you had guys like before I came it was Pat White Steve Slayton and you know I've seen those guys always Smith, a lot of guys you know um, and I've seen those guys just contributing from a distance on TV watching not really uh, realizing nothing about West Virginia, but you know, when I got a letter from West Virginia, and one of the teachers went, uh, was from West Virginia, and he would always say something, so I kind of just struck my interest. And I see him on TV, like, oh, this dude look fast. Oh, this dude look fast. Like, oh, it was like a fast team, you know. And then uh, it was it was amazing experience. And then, like I said, so then I went, and then you know, I, then Tavon came. You know, I think just things like that um, builds. It's like building blocks, but definitely. Like I said before, it was a great time to be a Mountaineer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, you still, like, keep in touch, you know, old teammates still? Or? You know, everybody got their life. Everybody's busy. Everybody has kids. Everybody doing this. Everybody's doing different careers or different things. But, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, <clears throat> um, social media is the best way to, this day and age, that people uh, contact with each other, whether it's, you know, dropping a comment on a post or this and that. Um, at the end of the day, shoot, those guys know I love them. And, um, shoot, I feel the same. I, I talked to uh, Stedman Bailey, probably the most 
talk to Jock Sanders here and there. Talk to um, sure. That's really about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's really about it. But you know, when I do talk to those guys, it's, it's all love. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. So, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, being in Morgantown this year for the pit game. And I mean, I, you know, that was kind of a reushering in of the backyard brawl to Morgantown. And I, I know, like, from my personal experience, that's one of the greatest sport atmospheres I've ever had the pleasure of being in. I mean, I was down on the field at the very end. It was, I mean, what was that like? What was your experience like that day? Oh, geez, I, <clears throat> you pretty much said it. It was very electric environment. Atmosphere is amazing. Um, just from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, um, just the fans. But like, it's 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 meaningful to the state. It's meaningful to me. You know, we had a team that was possibly about to play a national championship at 07, and we was the last game in the pit, backyard brawl, last game of the season, and then not to play in the Fiesta Bowl and not play the national championship. That's <laughs> it's 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 a something that we we'll always live with. So for me, it was. Special to see, you know, I mean, West Virginia get back to that rivalry and um, win. Not only get back to it, but win it. You know, and um, it was amazing. They say in the country rules at the end and have the W over pit. Um, that helps the ratio, the, the win little loss record. <laughs> so uh, it was, it was amazing. It's one of the most electrifying atmospheres you could be in in college football. It's something that I feel like all, oh, if you're a football fan, you should experience. And um, you know, you see the thing that went viral. <laughs> oh yeah, on TikTok with the chat. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna say that part, but <laughs> you know, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. I know. Yeah. I was. I mean, up in the press box. I mean, it was it was loud up there. I mean, and we're you know we're yeah. I've yeah, had friends and, and family and friends show me like, dude, it's literally like this. I'm like yeah. Oh, yeah. So I mean, like people standing and feeling the atmosphere through. TikToks and videos and, and that see it from a distance and feel it just like any other college atmosphere. If not better, I mean better than any other college atmosphere. Let me rephrase that. It's better than any other college atmosphere. Excuse me. WVU, let's go Mountaineers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, golden blue, baby. Oh man. Gotta yeah. bleed it. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean bleed it. <laughs> you it, it's really interesting. It, it is really cool getting to see you and hear about your experiences as like a coach and you know taking lessons that you've learned forward and you know i really appreciate that i appreciate you sharing all that oh uh, yeah thank you for your time man it's a platform to give give me time to share and uh share it to the wvu nation and um share it to the young athletes yeah but um what, what was those homecoming stats like uh for to, you i'm trying to remember what was even the homecoming what? games back then like I'm, I'm, I'm assuming let me guess one I know how to special game one was it was UConn one of those games? UConn was uh, your junior year, I believe. Junior I'm year. Pulling them up yeah, now. that tap, that that toe tap on the sideline. Yeah. Yeah, for that line. Yeah, that the special. UConn game, you went for 23 attempts, 178, a touchdown. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, touchdown to win it. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, of course senior year was the uh, senior Syracuse. Uh, one twenty-two. Uh, what is it? Yeah. Then uh, oh eight. 
Oh wait, I think that was that was Syracuse again. Yeah, you went eighteen for one hundred eighty-eight. So I mean, definitely, definitely a oh, good yeah, yards per yeah. carry average. You know, ninety-two yard run, longest run. Oh yeah, that that'll that'll boost the average. You know, yards per carry. <laughs> those ninety, those big ninety-plus yards. Yeah. yeah right, also, did want to ask. Uh, almost forgot about this. Uh, two years ago, you were named to the WVU Hall of Fame. You know, what's That's the, well, well, just what does that mean to you? You know. Uh, man, it's it's like making a mark, stamping stamping a place where you've been. Um, it's like home for me. West Virginia's second home to me. So I mean, I've had some special moments there. Met some special people there. Some special brotherhoods, special bonds. So I mean, to make it in the Hall of Fame is everything. It's like it's like it's one of the highest achievements. I mean, you want individuals that you want to try to achieve, other than winning the national winning the championship you know so i mean individually as an individual it means everything for me and my legacy and um my mission and my journey and what i'm trying to accomplish and everything uh, all the hard work that i put into it is it paid off rather no matter if i was drafted or not i'm still a hall of famer and uh that speaks volumes of my character and my work ethic you know so it's <laughs> that's pretty much it yeah. <laughs> Hall of Famer, it's, it's, it can't too many, it's can't too many people say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, so, once I, mean, a- I got kids coming behind me, you know, you know what I mean? So hopefully we'll see another Divine here, Divine 7 in the jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, got the offer, coaches um, waiting for them to uh, go ahead and acknowledge that offer because he's ready and uh, pull that trigger. And we'll be shooting that guy from the Mountaineer barrel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Well, hopefully see you back in back up in Morgantown sometime. Uh, yeah, but thank you very much. This has been an awesome, awesome conversation. We really appreciate your time. Uh, it's great to hear from a Mountaineer legend and uh, get him on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks, man. My pleasure, and uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you. Mountaineer. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Mountaineer Sports Insider ahead of WVU's homecoming week. Great conversation there with Noel Devine. If you want to re-listen to it, you can listen to it wherever you're listening or on any other podcast platform that you have. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you next week. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Mountaineer Sports Insider. This is Luke Blaine, sports editor of the Daily Athenaeum here just wrapped up a great conversation with former WVU running back Noel Devine back from uh, 2007 to 2010. Running back saw, played with the likes of Pat White, Geno Smith, and several other Mountaineer legends. Had a great conversation about homecoming and what it means to him, as well as what life has looked like for him since his playing days as a Mountaineer. A great conversation, like I said, and listen along and... 